Welcome to the Civil War Regiment's podcast, here to provide you with the reading of accounts of the common soldiers of the American Civil War, giving insight into the daily lives of the soldiers through diaries and more. The primary source of these entries are from the outstanding Time Live series, Voices of the Civil War. Today's account is from Voices of the Civil War, Shiloh, an entry by Sergeant Henry Dwight, of the 20th Ohio Infantry. In the spring of 1862, sick with a fever, Henry Dwight found a steamboat trip up the Tennessee River anything but exhilarating. Bad weather, overcrowding, and officious officers combined to make his journey miserable. After the Battle of Shiloh, Dwight was promoted to lieutenant and served on the staff of Major General Manning Force, another veteran of Shiloh. He mustered out of the service in July 1865 with a captain's brevet. Here follows his account of a steamboat ride. General Sherman was a passenger on our steamer, and as the impression was widely circulated at that time that he was crazy, we watched him askance, seeing in all of his quick and nervous motions signs that the government had made a mistake in trusting him in the field. Perhaps he felt this suspicious scrutiny. At all events, he enraged us all very much by sharp criticism of the manners and customs of our regiment. He said that we were a bunch of dandies. I was still sick and could get nothing to eat that tasted good. Hard bread and fat pork is pretty poor diet for one who was sick with the camp fever. I lay on the deck of the steamer, rolled in my blanket, homesick enough, and wishing for some face that was truly a home face to look down at me. The men were kind and helpful enough in their rough way, but they were, after all, strangers, and their interest in me was the interest that one has to take in suffering anywhere. In good weather my place on the deck was good enough, but one night it rained and was very cold, and I was shivering in terrible chills. I would go and shove my way to the smokestack, and stand there until too weary to stand up any longer, and then go back and lie down until too cold to endure that any longer. And so the dreary night passed away. In the morning I was wet and cold, and one of the men advised me to go into the cabin and try to warm off by the stove. I went in and reveled in the unwanted warmth, but I could not sit up for any length of time, and therefore lay down in a retired corner. There I was dozing in bliss when the officer of the guard came in. He was a first lieutenant and I only a sergeant, and his lofty soul was horrified on discovering that the place was polluted by the presence of one of the men. We can't allow men to come in here, said he in a tone of surprise and indignation. Guard, put this man out. I gathered up my blanket and went out of the cabin, holding on to the walls for support. The officer then sat down to a calm repose and reflection on his satisfactory performance of his duty. It was always a cause for content to me that one year from that time I was an officer in a position where that same lieutenant more than once had occasion to come to me for favors. After entering the Tennessee River, the weather became more reasonable and I could lie on the deck in the sun and dream that I was in a fairyland with the ever-changing colors of field and forest, 
of Broad Valley and of Beetling Bluff sweeping by me. Or sometimes I could stand on the deck and look at the fleet, for we were but one steamer out of some seventy-five or eighty that were bearing troops by this route into the heart of the Confederacy. It is almost enough to make a sick man well to see this grand display of force directed upon the one object of putting away all the rebellious folly that is threatening the Union. At evening, the bands on all the steamers play sweet melodies of home and of the homeland, or even give the dwellers by the river a strain from their own Dixieland. Even the steamers themselves take up the contagious feeling of exhilaration and give vent to their feelings in the bass bellowing of the Calliope. If ever an elephant tried to sing, he performed in the unwieldy style of these great chests of steam whistles. Ever and anon the exuberant spirits of the men burst forth in cheers, and then from boat to boat the shout was taken up, until the whole army was shouting from sheer joy at the indescribable sense of power, which belongs to the sight of masses of troops in a time of triumphant progress. Sergeant Henry Dwight, 20th Ohio Infantry